morning, ladies and gentlemen. So glad to see you again this morning. As the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's so good to see you. So good to have you again. And um, so good that we are alive today. Um, today, we are starting our new series from the book of Philippians. It's such a wonderful series, such an exciting series. And just stay through uh, the next few weeks. We are going to look at the book of Philippians. And today, I am going to start it with an introduction to the book of Philippians. And we are going to look at the background of the book and why Paul wrote the book to the Philippians and the lessons that uh, we're going to draw out of this introduction to the book of Philippians. Let us pray before we go further. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the peace and joy that you have given to us through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for such a wonderful time and a moment to be alive. We pray that your spirit will come upon us. You will flood and fill our hearts with peace abundantly, even as we approach, as we come to your table and learn from your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Awesome. Um, so, I'm, I'm just going to try to read a scripture. I'm going to read a scripture, and then we are going to dive right into exciting uh, backgrounds and a lot of other things that surrounds the book of Philippians. Let me read from the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 up to verse 7. This is what Paul uh, writes. He says, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all and let your heart be glad for the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends and surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful exhortation from Apostle Paul, where he says, rejoice always and i say again rejoice and the reason for him saying we need to rejoice he clearly states that because the peace of the lord the joy of god that surpasses all understanding that surpasses all understanding resides in us it's in us jesus and the peace of god is in us the, this sharing about the background and the introduction to the book of Philippians really draws me to something, a great search that was going around this city. And this is what we are going to talk about, the search for peace of heart and peace of mind. In his writing, Paul had something in his mind about the great search, the search for peace, the peace of heart and the peace of mind. You know, uh, Paul was writing to uh, the city of Philippi, the Philippians, we call them. And this city, we understand that the city of Philippi was named after King Philip II of Macedonia. You know, this was, this king, he was a king, he was a father to, uh, the father of Alexander the Great. You know, the famous Alexander the Great. 
it was a prosperous Roman colony, which uh, meant that the citizens of Philippi were also the citizens of Rome, you know, itself. So they pride themselves in being the Roman citizens and being part of this great city, this great country that existed in that time. You know, they dressed like the Romans and they spoke Latin at that time. And no doubt, uh, this was the background to Paul's reference uh, to the believers' heavenly citizen. He talks about how the heavens, uh, our citizenship is not the citizenship of this earth in chapter 3, verse 20. He talks about we are the citizens of heaven and we are strangers and passerbys on this earth. And so many things about Paul. He talked and he makes references to the military um, aspect because it is believed that the citizens of Philippi were military people. They were people that are retired from military and, and then they were given this territory to live on in the city of Philippi. You know, in the city of Philippi, they were to live on this place. But as, as they live on this frontier city, they had to guard. They had to take care of the business and the great thing that were happening as they were uh, on the border, on the seashore. And so many business and sheep were coming through that and so that they could later on come and have uh, an entrance to Rome. You know, but a remarkable thing is that the primary purpose why Paul writes this letter to the Philippians church was simply to let them know and let them understand how they were not isolated, but they were a part of a bigger community going on. And also, his purpose for writing to the Philippines was to report on his journey and the circumstances that had happened on his journey to Rome and other places. Paul also writes to encourage the Philippians church, the Philippian church to stand firm in the face of persecution and to rejoice regardless of the circumstances that had happened to them. So it is an exhortation later to this church. He exhorts them also to humility and unity. Throughout his writing, Paul encourages them to stand united, to be humble, but yet to stand united and to promote the kingdom of God. Paul also commends Timoth and Epaphroditus to the Philippians church as they were coming to be able to strengthen the work. So he says, Philip, uh, Philip, uh, Timoth and Epaphroditus, they are coming to the Philippian church. Receive them, encourage them. And also in his conclusion, he wants the church, is bringing the warning to the, to the Philippian church against the Judaizers and against the Antinomians. These were heretic, heretics and there were people that were preaching heresy and there were people that were misleading the church of God uh, in Philip. So Paul, as we know, is one of the great authors He's written 13 out of 27 books we have in the New Testament. But of all the letters that he wrote, the, this letter to the saints at Philippi is the most personal and it reveals Paul's personality. It's quite personal. It reveals his heart and his soul and his passion as a soldier of the cross. 
You know, as we know, this book to the Philippians, or this letter to the Philippians, it's mentioned, uh, it's referred to as the sweetest book of the New Testament. And Paul has mentioned nothing about the Old Testament in this book, but everything he's mentioning is about heaven. And now we are the citizens of heaven. And now the joy and the, 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 and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding has been given to us from heaven. And how Jesus resides in us and the hope that lies ahead of us. Amen. You know, it's so more tender, more loving, more compassion side of Paul is being revealed in this letter. He's not addressing the problems or the disturbing issues or the divisions within the Philippian church. And he just says that no local church is perfect in everything. Each, each, each local church have problems and they have things that they are addressing. But Paul, he mentions to this church and the attention thing that he brings to them is how to remain happy and how to remain Christians and how to remain sharing, feeling in joy and the joy of the Lord just bubbled up in him. And now this church was so dear to Paul. And therefore this sets up a really great background and it sets up why Paul was, his heart was really after this place. We know it is one of the church that Paul started there was no church at this, uh, at, in this city, in the city of Philippi. Paul had to go in his mission, and he had to start the church in here. Uh, he, co- he was converted from Damascus, and therefore he had to go as the calling was. He has to go from Damascus. The Lord Jesus Christ, he told him that he was chosen to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. And Paul becomes a great missionary of the Lord. And he carries the message of Jesus to many parts of the world. And even to this uh, part of, of, of the Roman, of the Macedonian call, we see Paul coming to the city of Philippi and begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He begin to preach the gospel. And we see Paul, the Bible, actually the Bible declares, it says that Paul, since there was no church, there was no temple, there was no tabernacle, he spent most of his time on the seashore, meditating and reflecting on the goodness of the Lord and waiting upon the Lord. And it was on this seashore that he began to preach to some of the women that, they were, that were there doing business. We see some of the women where uh, we see Lydia, one of the great uh, helpers to Paul's ministry, and we see the jailer and his household coming to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And from there, the house were opened, the house of Lydia was opened, and Paul started spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church started expanding. Eventually, the church started growing in this part of Macedonia. The church started uh, growing. But as the church was grown, as the church started developing, as people started believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we see God at work. God was at work in this place. People started uh, believing in the Lord Jesus. They started dedicating their lives to the Lord. 
a prosperous merchant person who sold linen paper by the name of Lydia. She gave everything that she had to the work of the Lord. And she gave her household to the, to the work of the Lord. Her house was open and they began to worship the Lord. And many people, believers started coming and people were baptized and, and homes were opened. But at the same time, we see Satan started, actually, <laughs> he started infusing and he started bringing in confusion to the work of God that had just started in this great city. We see from, let us take our first re our reading from the book of Acts as the background to this in Acts chapter 16 and verse 16 to verse 18. This is what happened. The Bible says, once when they were going to the place of prayer, they were made by a female slave who had the spirit by which, she, by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and Silas and the rest of the team shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the, to the spirits tormenting her, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. We know from this background that after that had happened, Paul and Silas were arrested. They were thrown in prison. If you read further up to verse 25, they were thrown in prison and we see persecution began uh, with them. Just as assured as God's work in Philippi was on a peak, was growing, Satan started showing up in schemes and in strategies so as to disrupt, so as to disturb the work of God in this city. And Paul could not stand any, any longer this. He had to stand and rebuke the spirits of divination that had possessed this, this young lady. And these spirits at once left her. You know, why somebody could say like, she was just promoting and said, these are the men of God. Follow them. Believe in what they were saying. Well, we know that nothing can be good if it comes from the mouth of the devil. This lady was filled with an with evil spirit. She was not doing this from the Holy Spirit, but she was possessed with an evil spirit. And the aim was to make people believe as if what she was doing and what Paul and the team were doing was one and the same thing. As if the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness was one and the same thing and people had to choose what to believe. So Paul descended that and he commanded the spirit in her to leave immediately. And at once, the lady was free. And just the freedom that this, this lady received, actually it brought about attention for many people to begin to believe in the work of God. To believe that God had power to save. God had power. To begin to even to deliver people from the bondage of darkness. So we see the beginning of, of the church in this city. And many people, they believed in the Lord. Inasmuch as Paul and the team was thrown in prison, 
for doing that because the, the masters to this lady was possessed with demons. They were annoyed because their source of income was taken away. But later on, we see actually the work of God growing in this city. So throughout the scripture, throughout the book of, Philippa, of Philippians, we see the word joy. And that brings us to our focus today. The search for peace of mind and peace of heart. It all comes as a result of finding joy. You know, the peace of mind is something that many people in the world today are searching for. I want to believe you and me are searching for the peace of mind, the peace of heart, to live peacefully, to be filled with joy. You know, but many people, they look at this peace, they look at, they search for this joy in wrong places. We look most of the time for this peace in wrong places. For other people, for them to have this peace of mind and peace of heart and to just feel peaceful, they cling to drugs. They begin to abuse drugs. They begin to become addicts of prescriptions, of alcohol, of sex, of porn of money and drugs. This, if you ask many people in times that have interacted with people who have addiction to all these things, they say, whenever I take drugs, I feel so much peace. I feel joy. I feel like I don't exist as if there is no situation at all in my life. You know, behind the abuse, behind this addiction, you find that there is a search for joy. There is a search for peace, but which has been searched for in wrong places. In the end, this search only brings about grief. It brings about heartache. It brings about, you know, addiction. It brings about suffering. It makes situation to be worse rather than better. The joy and peace of mind we are talking about, where can we find it? You know, in this world, the enemy exposes you to so many things that brings about guilty, misery, condemnation, rejection. And you feeling as if you are not important, as if nothing matters at all, as if nothing can, able, can be able even to give you, you, as if you are nothing and you cannot do anything. When we cling to search to look, uh, to be on a search for peace and joy in wrong places in this world, all we find is heartbreak. All we find is us being broken and even not being able to find ourselves. We lose ourselves in turn in search for this uh, kind of peace and this kind of joy. But I want to introduce you, as Paul introduces us, he says... He actually talks to this and says, once again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Paul says rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Always rejoice. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let not your heart be troubled, but rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Because in the Lord we find joy. Because in the Lord we find peace. Because in the Lord we find meaning and the true meaning to our existence. 
But when we cling on searching for peace, when we clinging on, when we cling on searching for happiness, searching for peace of mind in drugs, searching for peace of mind, searching for relevance in trying to acquire money, possessions, and so many other things, we lose ourselves. We end up being broken. And that was the problem that this, the inhabitants of Philippi had. You know, as we have said, they were on the, at this spot, on the harbor. And it was like a capital of, you know, trade and merchant of Macedonia. It was one of the greatest territory of Rome where, you know, business was taking place every time. And the people understood. They had this mind to say, for me to find peace, for me to find joy, I need to cling on to these things, to drugs, to sex, to addictions, to so many things, to abuse. You know, like people had this tendency of abusing you know, so many things. And, you know, as long as you had your citizenship with Rome, then you were a peaceful man. If your citizenship was that of Rome, and you spoke Latin, and you were clothed on in linen, paper, and white linen, then you were a happy man. Paul says, this is not kind of peace that we are talking about. In chapter 3 of the book of Philippians, verse 20 and verse 21, he begins to talk about the citizenship. Our citizenship is of heaven. We have heaven citizenship when we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we find true happiness. That's where we find true happiness. Our happiness is not in trying to fill our mind with all these abuse of alcohol and substance. But our happiness is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you have Jesus in your heart, you have true happiness. When you receive Jesus in your heart, in your life as your Lord and Savior, you receive happiness. The happiness of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. And that becomes your strength. It doesn't matter what the enemy may bring, what the world may try to show you as true happiness. Paul to the book of Philippians, he introduces them, introduces them to true happiness. And that happiness is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is called a lasting peace. This is the lasting joy, the lasting happiness. It's not something that, come, that comes with, you know, trying to feel good in one minute and the other minute, the other second, it's taken away. When you, you fill your mind, you fill yourself with alcohol, you fill yourself with, you know, good friends that can praise you. And after they are gone, you again go back to ground zero. It says, the peace of God is an everlasting peace. May you embrace this peace today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Just like Paul, Jesus also introduces us to peace and he promises peace to us. Let us read from John chapter 14 and starting from verse 27. This is what Jesus says and promises to you and I. He says, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you this peace as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me saying I am going away, but I promise you that I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you'd be glad that I am going to the Father. 
For the Father is greater than I am. I have told you before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. You will believe. And you know, Jesus is trying to bring about, to let you know that his Father is great. And since his Father is great, whatever the Father promises, he brings to pass. He makes it come to pass. He says, I promise you, peace be with you. And my peace will be with you. I am going away, but I promise you that I will come back to you. You know, Jesus says that this peace that comes from the Father, it will be with you. It will be in your lives when you allow, when you invite us to come. You know, Jesus says, when you invite me, my Father and I will come and live in you. And your life will be full of peace. Even in the valleys and the storms and the trials of our lives, His peace and His joy still will flow within us. The joy and the peace of the Lord is our strength. From Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, the Bible says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. That's what happens when you invite the Lord Jesus to come in your life. He introduces you. He takes you on a journey to everlasting peace. I pray that may this peace be your portion today. I pray that may this peace fill you, fill your life, fill your heart. Even in the midst of coronavirus, in the midst of sicknesses and diseases, in the midst of this, all these things that the world is bringing about to you and I, if you allow the peace of God to be in you, you are going to live positive. You are going to live hopeful. You are going to live with peace and joy knowing that the one who is greater than the storms of life, he lives in me. He lives in you and I. If you do not know this peace of God, you are missing out on life's most important possession. But if you allow Jesus to come and have his place in your life, this peace will come and reside with you. You know, when you are a child of God, when you are a citizen of heaven, there is joy and peace when it seems as if all the world has turned against you. If you are a citizen of heaven, Paul is telling the Philippian church that you do not need to just be citizens of Rome and a citizen of Philippi. You need to be citizens of heaven because when there is uh, everything around you is broken and falling apart in heaven, there is peace and joy. <laughs> there is peace and joy when everything around you is broken and it, has, it cannot bring hope anymore. There is peace and joy when sicknesses, even death itself surrounds you. There is peace and joy. There is peace and joy when even finances are low and the stack of bills are high. There is peace and joy even when you lose what you depended on. Even when you lose, let's say, a job. When you lose your friends. When things cannot give you peace anymore. I want to introduce you to a higher source of joy and peace. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. There is joy and peace, brothers and sisters, when the storms of life are raging and the ship is being tossed to and fro. There is joy and peace when you are in the deepest 
of your valleys, the valleys of life and the desert. Oh, there is peace in the midst of sorrows when Jesus is resident in your life. Even in the midst of storms of life, there is peace and joy. There is peace even through the world, the storms and, you know, things are against you and things don't seem to come up your way. Things don't seem to come the way you expected them to be. There is peace and joy in Jesus Christ. Will you come and find peace and joy in Jesus? In the shelter of God's arms, there is peace of heart and there is peace of mind and joy in abundance. When you surrender to the Lordship of the Lord Jesus. I want to ask you a question this morning. How is your inner level of peace and joy? Are you looking at how things are going in this world? And you lose hope. You look at Corona. You look at your finances, you look at your employment, you look at things around you. And all those things make you to lose everything, to lose hope. You know, the Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. The hope of future. There is peace and joy when you come to the Lord Jesus. I want to pray with you this morning. And just give you an opportunity to invite this Lord of peace, this King of peace to come in your life. And He's going to reign in you. His peace is going to shine in you. Don't hold on to those things that are not giving you life. Hold on to Jesus. Will you invite Him in your life by repeating after me and say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart and invite you to have your place in my life. I accept you today as Lord and Savior of my life. I understand that I've been searching for peace, peace of heart and peace of mind in the wrong places. But to you, I come to you. Today, I come to you and I want to receive you and receive your peace. Thank you, Jesus for receiving me in your kingdom today. I want to pray for you. If you just can close your eyes, I want to pray for you. Whatever situation you are going through, just believe God with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding. This peace that reigns in us and gives us a reason to rejoice when all seems lost. Thank you, Lord, because you have made us to be citizens of heaven. Thank you, Lord, because you have invited us in this abundance joy, in this abundant peace. I want to pray for my brothers and sisters, for your peace to reign in their lives. For your peace that surpasses all understanding to reign in their lives. I pray for those who are afraid of what their future looks like. I pray for those who are sick this minute, Lord, for the peace of God that brings healing, for the peace of God that brings restoration, for the peace of God that brings healing, 
to our dead situations. I speak peace to those storms of life in the name of Jesus. I speak peace to your situation and circumstances in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak peace to your troubled soul, to your troubled life and situations. May the peace of God begin to reign in you today. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May you find a reason to rejoice. May the Spirit of God fill you with strength, with joy, with peace of heart and peace of mind. And may you rejoice in the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your peace in us. Hallelujah. May God bless you. Shalom, shalom.